Episode 007, the James Bond edition, coming up next on Desert League. Here we are, episode 007 of the Desert League. That's right, it's the James Bond edition. He's a international spy and man of mystery, and we're going to need his help in these troubled times. Welcome to the Desert League. I'm Ward Andrews from the North Bureau, and I'm here with Sean Fitzpatrick. From the South Bureau. How are you doing, Sean? I'm not doing great from a sports perspective, as I'm sure you're not. No, it, no. These are dark times. Um, so there are some positive things to talk about. And what I can't figure out is should we get the good stuff out of the way to get to the garbage? Or should we just take out the trash first and then try to make ourselves feel better later? Oh, I think we gotta. I think we gotta address the elephant that's in the room, that's trumpeting loudly, and that is pretty much the only thing that uh, I think any sports fan is talking about, but especially in Arizona. Yep. All right. So um, here we go. Uh, <laughs> the FBI shows up at Sean Miller's door. Yesterday morning at 6 a.m., starts asking him questions. We don't know what that conversation was about, but we know it took place. What we do know is Book Richardson, Emmanuel Richardson, and three other shady characters from around the league, including um, from the good old USC Trojans, uh, were involved in this scandal, I guess you could call it, um, allegedly, allegedly. Thank you. You're going to have to keep correcting me as we go. Um, <laughs> people are calling for heads to roll everywhere. Um, now did is, is Patino gone yet or not? Well, I think for, for all intents and purposes, he's gone. Um, okay. all he the gone. reports I've seen. Yeah. And, and keep in mind now, as we, as we examine this, because I've seen a fair amount of hysteria on the on the Arizona Wildcats fan side, um, we keep in mind that this is now, you know, the second big NCAA scandal, you know, for the Louisville basketball program within like the last year or so. So, um, you know, yeah. and, and also keep in mind that, you know, Sean Miller and his program has never had even the slightest, you know, well, I can't say even the slightest, but not to my knowledge, any kind of uh, NCAA investigation infraction, et cetera. So, but, you know, let's not, let's, we'll just jump ahead and say, let's not take the Louisville situation extrapolated to, to Arizona right. uh, okay. quite yet. Right. right. That's good. And also for one of our listeners, Dan, I know he's a huge Louisville fan, so I just wanted to, Say I'm sorry, Dan. We love you. Uh, we really do, and and I'm so sorry, but it is not looking good. So um, that's all we'll say about Louisville. We'll just leave it there. So Sean, I have a bit of a timeline here, based on the reports. I would like to throw it out there. You're definitely going to play the voice of reason. I'm going to play the panicked fan, and we're going to go okay. there. Is that all right? Okay. Okay. Sounds good. I have concerns. So okay, what we know. What we know is that there's this Christian Dawkins. So he was an Adidas employee. I think he was like the marketing director for Adidas. I should say he's the former marketing director for Adidas. And he was fired. 
He was spending tens of thousands of dollars on unauthorized purchases on clients' credit cards. So there was that dude. And then there's this Moonish Sued guy. He's a founder of an mm-hmm. investment services company, and he was like the chief executive officer there. So hold on, I got weird, I got weird noises. I got ads running <laughs> somewhere in the background. Wow, oh, you gotta love the annoying internet. Yeah. Wow. Okay, it's just one of those days. Just hit the hit the mute button on your uh, computer. Yeah. So we, we got this wear investment guy. Out. So we got Dawkins. We got Sood. I think his name is investment guy. Then we've got um, Marty Blazer, and he had he'd taken like two two million dollars from athletes' investment accounts between 2010 and 2012. And so you got these characters. So in March, Dawkins um, introduces Book Richardson to the Sood guy at the Pac-12 tournament. Right? They were doing deals right. in Vegas. Now, I know everyone says what, go, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but clearly it doesn't. It ends up on the Internet, and your program looks like crap. Okay? Right. So then in April, the Sue guy calls Richardson, invites him to New York. The phone call's wiretapped, and there you go. We get underway. Then in May, the Oklahoma State assistant coach, Lamont Evans, gets paid four grand a month to refer players to Dawkins and Sue's businesses. So he's getting paid. And he's sending players to these two guys. But Dawkins isn't satisfied, and uh, and Book is a bigger name than Evans, so he's kind of like, you know, going after Book. Should I stop there? Do you have right. a comment, or should I keep going? Well, um, yeah, I think the, the comment I can, I can make just in terms of, as, as I've looked at this timeline as the FBI rolled it out, and again, you know, everyone is innocent until proven guilty, but it it does seem like the FBI has built a pretty strong case when they're rolling out transcripts and, you know, and audio recordings. And they, you know, they had a, uh, you know, they had a warrant so that they could essentially wiretap conversations. So it looks like all of this, you know, actually happened and there's no, you know, circumstantial evidence that all of these conversations, especially because they're quoting people. Now I will tell you, that from the perspective of the Arizona basketball program, none of what you detailed regarding Book Richardson and him channeling existing Arizona players to a specific agent or, you know, a, a guy to handle finances bothers me um, as much from an Arizona program perspective in terms of NCAA violations and penalties, yeah. et cetera. Um, right, it could all be but, isolated down the book, right? Right, and 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 what's interesting is the things that he did that were the most self-serving are the least damaging to the program, um, ultimately for the NCAA. You know, the greed, the bribery. I'm, I'm going to get money, and you know, and that, that's not minimizing the loss of his reputation and the loss of you know the abuse of trust for the players look up to him, but in terms of something concrete that hurts the program, hurts Sean Miller, et cetera, the things yeah. that, that benefit him the most personally are the least damaging, but the parts that are damaging the program are yet to come in what you're describing. Yeah, okay, so here we go. So we get into June, and FBI wiretap records a conversation between Dawkins and Book Richardson in which they're specifically discussing a recruit 
that Richardson wants to pay to attend Arizona. So Dawkins then get, clears Richardson for this $5,000 a month retainer, some of which would go to this recruit. And then Richardson and the sued guy meet with, with an undercover FBI agent and uh, works with Richardson, Book Richardson to ensure more clients, blah, blah, blah. Then in July, basically this Javon Quinterly, who's this five-star point guard that was supposed to be coming to Arizona next year, uh, apparently there was 15 grand that was somehow funneled to Javon or somebody to help secure him as a recruit. That's the allegation there. But it sounds like they've got Bingo. a recorded conversation that this occurred. Right. And that's that's, that's the part that yeah. that's the part from a program perspective that could could just kill the Arizona basketball program in terms of, of sanctions because recruiting violations are the number one thing that the NCAA beats on beats on you up and down, night and day. You know, I, I worked when I worked full time within the athletics department. Um, you know, in charge of the website, that there were things that I wanted to do that were completely innocuous. I thought, you know, in terms of especially you know players in these out of season games, and I thought it would be fun, you know, for you know this tournament that that uh, uh, you know Cory Booker put you know puts on in Tucson. Hey, it'd be great if we streamed it, you know, on our website. And, you know, because of all the NCAA requirements that if a kid, you know, is recruiting eligible, you can't have video of them. And all those, like, even something as small as that was no-go. And I was working there when, you know, the previous uh, NCAA problems um, ultimately occurred where, you know, uh, the Lute Olson program was too close to this, you know, this other a tournament that was held inside McHale and ultimately, you know, Arizona had to vacate wins, had some self-imposed sanctions and, um, you know, lost a scholarship, et cetera. And that was for much less than what's being yep. alleged right now. So, right. so that perspective is really, is really important is, you know, everyone sometimes forgets that, the end of the Lute Olson era was unfortunately marred by, you know, these NCAA violations that uh, that were very small in comparison to what's being alleged right now. Yep. Yep, I agree. So we we oh man. So there are other people saying that it wasn't just book meeting with this guy in Vegas, that there were actually another Arizona assistant with him at that meeting talking about this stuff in Vegas, which makes it double bad because you can't just isolate it to book if it's true that there were multiple assistants talking to this guy. And that's that's literally the tip of that NCAA iceberg to me with that piece of disclosed information in, you know, what have to be the most chilling words to any, you know, any NCAA basketball fan right now, which are, ongoing investigation by the FBI. So the other, the other shoe is not dropped. Um, I'm sure, you know, we've, we've all watched law and order or crime shows or whatever. One of the motivations in doing something like this, I'm sure is to get, you know, people you're charging to give up 
everything they know, you know, if if they can get at bigger fish. And it seems like maybe that maybe that was happening at Louisville. I don't know, but the fact that they're already disclosing that there was a second coach, then we get out of you know kind of the lone wolf scenario yeah. and we start getting into what the heck was going on with Sean Miller's program. <laughs> And that's right. the scary thing. Um, not, you know, not, I mean, it's, you know, you think, you look at what's online for Book Richardson and you're just, you're heartbroken for a guy who's well loved and by all accounts had always conducted himself previously, you know, in a very upright manner and, you know, valued his relationships. And you kind of wonder, you know, a guy who's making $235,000 a year. You know why? Why risk something? You know, I and I understand the pressure. You can almost see, you know, you ethically kind of breaking through because you want to get this big recruit for the sake of the program. But you just go, why? You know, and what what I scratch my head at is, you know, he's potentially facing sixty years in prison, one point five million dollars, both of which seem fairly excessive to me, Um, and. I would be surprised if, I mean, it seems like they have a mountain of evidence against him, but if, you know, if and when he's found guilty, I, you know, it, it just seems like an extremely harsh thing. I mean, you know, certainly you're breaking federal laws, et cetera. And then if you're, um, you know, you obviously would never be able to work as a coach in the NCAA again. And you certainly, it seems like, you know, some jail time is probably warranted and fine, et cetera, because of integrity. But, you know, you, you look at the, the, and, you know, I think of the devastation on the personal level, and I'm still assuming Sean Miller did not know about this because I've seen nothing to indicate that he should, that maybe he should have known more or that he did know, but if he did not know anything about this, just how personally devastating this has to be to him. But, you know, the other troubling part of it is the allegation that at least one current Arizona basketball player also received money, you know, right. not others. So, so which one is that? You know, I'm interested. I don't know for sure. I have my suspicions, but, you know. Yeah, so, and it's, okay, um, so, I mean, we could, all right, so let's just try to rein this in. So we know that this goes a lot deeper than the four schools. Um, in fact, Alabama came out, which was Greg Burns funny. You know, you can't get away from this stuff. Um, Alabama comes out today and says, we've got some issues. We're doing our own internal investigation. Um, this could be half the half the schools. This could be all the schools. But we don't know if it's isolated to certain assistants and, like, Adidas and – or we don't know if all the coaches know everything. And so what's the best case scenario? Like what is the best outcome that could happen? That book's gone, the season goes on as normal, and Arizona wins the national championship? Like what what should we be looking for here? All right. here, here I mean, here's the scenario that I'm running through my head, you know, especially, you know, having been involved both in PR and, within the athletics department and, you know, having worked in that building, like I said, as a full-time employee is, you know, what, what I, what I hope happens is, you know, Sean Miller appears at a press conference with 
um, you know, with our new athletics director, with the president of the university, and they basically have a unified front, and they say, look, you know, this is a very dark day for the school. It's a dark day for the department. It's a dark day for the program. It's a dark day for the fans. But we are going to do the right thing. We did not know anything about this. We, you know, we support the harshest penalties, you know, for these kinds of transgressions. We are cooperating fully and, and basically be as transparent as you can in our kind of media frenzy culture and just get it all out there. And one thing that mitigated um, the Arizona basketball program's penalties um, when when they were imposed in 2010 from the infractions um, at the end of the Lute Olson era was the fact that the school self-reported so much and self-imposed sanctions, such as losing a scholarship, reducing the number of hours of recruiting. You know, of course, you know, the NCAA in its usual kind of godlike capacity never feels that sanctions are enough, but there's almost a strategic you know, impulse there. I, I don't know that Arizona will have the luxury of creating self-imposed sanctions, but if they can get ahead of this and get it out there, basically, you know, obviously Book Richardson's gone. Um, if it's identified who the Arizona player is who accepted money, they have to be declared ineligible. Uh, potentially, you know, if that player played in games, um, you know, last year potentially uh, vacate wins from those games. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, you, you lose some scholarships um, and, you know, you just get hit on the recruiting front, you know, really harshly. You get slapped on that. But you don't penalize the kids you have. And, and hopefully this happens quickly so you don't lose – our potential, you know, big time recruits who, you know, have got to be questioning, am I going to continue to go to Arizona? Obviously, you know, Javon is not going to ever play college basketball based on the evidence that they have. But, you know, I think the best case scenario is you move forward with what you have, you cut out, you know, the people who were involved and hopefully the because I don't think the NCAA can move quickly enough to create a ban on postseason for Arizona this year. What would be really unfortunate is if Arizona goes ahead, competes, goes to the Final Four, potentially wins a national championship, and then the NCAA comes back a year from now and says, oh, yeah, by the way, you, you basically uh, that season never happened, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Anything else? So and and what what and it it goes back to this refrain that uh the sports world has been borrowing from you know the political world which is you know what did Sean Miller know and when did he know it right and right. That's, that's the big question and if you can isolate it to book fine this idea that there might be a second coach though really blows that up um you know it was interesting they they were asking uh the media was asking Steve Kerr about the NCAA FBI situation, <laughs> and his quote was, uh, "There's a reason I coach in the NBA." You know, it's it's interesting because um, when I was working at the Star, and I had Matt Muehlbach, one of 
Steve Kerr's uh, teammates, um, essentially as a as a sports columnist for Starnet, uh, the website, at, at, you know, at the time, um, we you know through Matt we got Steve Kerr to do a fan chat, and it was interesting. I mean, this was well, this was probably like you know, now it has to be eighteen, nineteen years ago, um, and it was interesting to. Um, to listen to the conversation, like I'm basically on the line with Steve Kerr and Matt Muehlbach when we were, you know, doing the chat. And so it's almost like, it's like literally being a fly on the wall. And some people would ask questions like, so when are you going to come to Arizona and coach? And at the time, you know, Steve Kerr was saying, I mean, he's like, he, he would say what to say to the fan, you know, in, in the fan chat to type to the fan in the chat. But then he would also say verbally kind of like, more information and the big thing with that is when fans were saying hey when are you going to coach at Arizona and all the he just said there is no way I will ever coach in the NCAA <laughs> you know wow. uh, and and I think that um, if this turns out to be widespread one of the things that really needs to be looked at and in a lot of ways I get the same feeling when we talk about you know, as an issue, the war on drugs, <laughs> even though, you know, this is, this is a completely different. It's, it's like, you don't, you don't compare sports with war, you know, you don't necessarily want to compare sports with a, you know, with an addiction and a, and a you know, true kind of health and crime crisis. But in a lot of ways, there's a lot of similarities in the way the NCAA conducts this whole amateur facade. And, and kind of like the way they look at the war on drugs, it's it's almost like you've got to find ways to remove the incentive to cheat. And this idea that the institutions can make millions and millions of dollars off of, you know, football and men's basketball and keep this, you know, facade of amateur status, it, you know, especially when you have these shoe companies that are competing tooth and nail, that's a whole other recruiting battle that that is occurring outside of oh, it. Oh yeah, that really affects the Adidas thing. You know, oh, and, and it goes and Adidas it goes. was rolling the cash. You look at the things they've been doing with UCLA for years and funneling players through certain AAU teams, clubs, and then into UCLA, and it's just you know you, when we you know look at Nike with on. Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's um, you know, it's basically, you know, this this whole I mean, uh, recruiting is brutal, uh, you know, especially in in men's basketball because of the limited number of spots, limited number of, you know, players you can have on the court at once. So you can in my mind, I can almost see, you know, why you know, book would go over to the dark side with the 15 grand to bring a recruit, especially with what the FBI is saying. They were, they were saying that Sean Miller was saying, which is, you know, he desperately wants this or he doesn't desperately, but he really, really wants this recruit. So you <laughs> yeah, can, the you can kind of see, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can't, well, we could, <laughs> we, we could do the quote, except for they, they, they bleeped out the part anyway. We can guess what it was. So, so that part of it, you can go, okay, he was trying to make his boss, his mentor, you know, happy, and he wanted this for himself, for the program and the whole thing. He went too far. But, you know, when you get into the personal stuff and you can see 
you know, you're almost sitting there going, man, if you're going to sell your soul, you know, sell it for more money, you know, because <laughs> it's, you know, if, if money is the motivation, you know, compared to what you're making and what you potentially gain, it's such a, it's such a small amount, you know, I think for, you know, for any of the rest of us, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good chunk of money, but, uh, you know, to a guy in his position, it's really, you know, kind of peanuts compared to what he was already, already getting paid. And, you know, you look at this motivation for, um, you know, for Dawkins, which essentially it's like, Oh, he, he's just trying to get basically a funnel for his new, his new business, you know? Mm -hmm. And so he's an aspiring entrepreneur, you know, but, um, you know, and obviously doing it illegally and doing it, but, you know, he's trying to get clients and the whole thing, but, but the way that, uh, you know, I think a a big key in this is going to be how widespread is this throughout uh, college basketball? They say misery loves company. It's almost, it's almost better for Arizona if they start announcing other schools are in this because then it'll be like, more like a you know systemic thing than it is yeah. just a few yeah. isolated schools. Oh yeah, you make a good point. You know, because I I get these texts, uh, I get these texts from these ASU peeps, and I'm like, you guys are the last people that I ever want to hear anything from. You know, I mean, they're like ranked <laughs> number two in total NCAA sanctions all time behind SMU, <laughs> and you know, you can say speaking of FBI. You know, my whole team wasn't point shaving in 97. Right. You know, it's like, and, and by the way, you're in Adidas school. I don't think you're clean. So I just don't, don't come at me, Devils. Don't at me. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you're uh, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's so understandably they canceled media day today, which was scheduled for, you know, Sean Miller and the Wildcats and, Today was, you know, supposed to be a day of celebration for Arizona basketball. It was a day where the toughest questions Sean Miller was going to be fielding were were going to be, you know, what's it like to have the pressure of being number one? Or are you mad that not everybody that, you know, some places picked you number two? And, you know, what's it feel like to have the pressure of a Final Four is going to be a letdown? And now it's suddenly, you know, are you even going to keep your job? I, you know, I, I think ultimately he does presuming that his public persona persona is, is a true persona, which, you know, if a guy builds credibility over the years, you have to kind of take it at face value while you ask the tough questions and hope and assume that, you know, he's going to come out that way, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's just a really dark day. Yeah, it is. But I, I agree. I think Sean Miller will probably be all right, unless uh, there's more more to the story. All right, so let's uh, let's just pick up the pieces here and move move on a little bit. Uh, not a lot to talk about really for Arizona in terms of football, other than I calculate they left 49 points on the field, unaccounted for. If you count the fumble right before they get in the end zone the drop pass for a touchdown, the wide open tight end that was missed for a touchdown, the fumbles and interceptions, and then they lose by six. Like they did everything they could. The the uh, self-destruct button was so big, and they just kept jumping up and down on that button 
all game long. Well, and so I just wonder if it's psychological yeah. at some point. It's like, are you just being, are you being coached and you're so scared you're going to make a mistake that all you can do is make mistakes? Like, I, I just wonder if there's something psychologically wrong at this point. Well, we we get back to the conversation we had previous, previously about Brandon Dawkins and how he can demonstrate the biggest improvements by leap and bound, you know, leaps and bounds in his passing game. You know, he could he could throw for 300 yards, but if he doesn't execute in that key moment, it doesn't matter. You know, you'd rather have him struggle all game, but then in the moment that counts, just do that one completion. And we saw that again. In fact, what was interesting is. I, I did some poor planning at the beginning of the year, not even thinking about the possibility of a Friday game. And my band agreed to play uh, for this restaurant, the parish that we play at, at, at their big event, um, you know, on Friday. So I had kind of, so I had to have somebody cover for me for U of A football while we were playing, but, kind of the added agony is as I'm standing there where the band is situated is directly opposite a TV that is tuned to the U of A football game. So as I'm standing there, you know, playing my guitar and singing with my bandmates, I'm trying to block out the TV and, you know, and I'm like looking at the end when we're doing the onside kick and, you know, that's the part that just finally, you know, got me. Is like we're in the middle of a song, and it would have been better if it was like a really, you know, kind of boot-stomping song. But it was, a, you know, it was one of our slow songs. And to yell out, you know, yeah, in the middle of a slow song is a little <laughs> embarrassing. When, when, we recovered the, yeah, when we recovered the onside kick. I had to try and make it look like, you know, it was part of the song, but I'm sitting there going, and I'm just sitting there so <laughs> excited, you know, singing this really sad song. And I'm so excited. Cause I'm like, Richard is about to pull his old magic out, you know, with the onside kick and we're going to pull this thing out. The stage was set. And then Brandon Dawkins fumbles the ball. Yep. Classic. You know, it's just and, not happening. It's just not happening. But 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 here here is the key for me. I I I think that at this point, um, you you have to keep riding that horse, you know, and and in a lot of ways, you know, Dawkins has really shown a huge amount of improvement. Arizona should at least have confidence and be kicking themselves because a top twenty-five ranked team basically invited them you know, to upset them. And they didn't oh, yeah. quite have enough. But they, they were you know, they were able they could do to give that yeah. game. But they were able to hang in there. So, you know, I'm, you know, at this point, the absolute worst thing to do would be to tinker with your quarterback situation. It doesn't sound like that. It doesn't sound like Rich Rod is going to do that. It sounds like he's going to stick with Dawkins. And I think for the sake of confidence with the team, and trying to get in a groove and get, you know, even if, even if you pull him back on the passing and you, you come up with even more schemes, you know, to, to run and gain yardage, you know, as much as possible, the worst thing he could do would be to change quarterbacks, you know, regardless of what they say. And, and these guys need to know, especially you get so many freshmen there, 
they need to know that he's committed to going through the growing pains with them, you know? Yep. Yep. That's good. Well, let's wrap it up on a positive note. So let's talk about the D-backs. Let's talk about two things. First off, they clinched the NL wild card. They're going to be at home, going to play the Rockies. And the other good thing is next Wednesday, a week from today, Sean, you and I are both going to be in the stands, and we are going to do some live audio through the Anchor app during the game. So it's going to be good time <laughs> next Wednesday night. It's 5 p.m. in AZ Pacific time. We are going to be dropping bits of our of our broadcast on the Anchor app, and at the end of the game we'll roll it up into an episode. But just for all the fans out there, Download that Anchor app. Get on the Desert League during the game. Send us comments and questions. We're going to be broadcasting and dropping little bits onto our Anchor page. It's going to be exciting. That that is exciting. I'm looking forward to to going to the game. And you know the D-backs are are the one kind of bright spot. Other than I will say I will acknowledge the Sun Devil football team. You know congratulations to them on the victory and. They pulled off their upset, but the D-backs, um, that's going to be – some people have knocked the one-game you know, wild-card playoff, but it's, I think it's the closest thing you can get to creating a Super Bowl atmosphere for, um, for you know, baseball, which is built of multi-game series. It's one game you know, to keep your season going, so all the excitement, all the energy is going to get channeled into that one, that one situation. The good thing is yep. that everybody has two days before uh, they have to play that game from the end of the season. So I'm assuming it'll be pretty easy to uh, to coordinate things so that uh, you know Grinky can can start that game and we just come out with you know our A team for the whole thing. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And you know Arizona fans, there's a lot of suffering, and it's nice to see a really amazing. Uh, pitching rotation, a bunch of great hitters, and a great manager. We're going to fill up the uh, the stadium and see a great game. Hopefully, the D-backs prevail. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm excited that uh, that you were able to uh, to pull the connections to to line up the seats. So I appreciate yep. that. Yeah, <laughs> because they, they they sold out. They sold out in an hour and a half when the tickets yeah. went on sale to the public on Monday. Yeah, no, no, no. We were already lined up. We uh, we had a connection with somebody who was a, a former season ticket holder, and so they had a uh, a priority list they were on. So we're in. Uh, but anyway, so the next time that our adoring fans and listeners will hear us will be as we're broadcasting live from the stadium, from Chase Field, next Wednesday night. So we're hopeful for the best. We'll probably know a little bit more about the Arizona hoops situation by then. But uh, for uh, for Ward Andrews here in the north and Sean Fitzpatrick in the south, we say go D-backs and bear down. Yeah, bear down like you've never bore down.